0: Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about getting more done, more sleep, and less stress by giving our to do list to God. I'm delighted to welcome special guest Margaret Agard. Margaret is a former executive in the high tech industry who gave up busyness and found true purpose. She is a speaker and award winning author of In His Footsteps. You can learn more about Margaret and her books on her website, in HisFootsteps.com. and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Margaret. I'm so glad that you could join with me today.
1: Hi, Linda. I've been excited just looking through your site and looking over your books about what the joy you bring to people.
0: Thank yeah. you. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is bringing some joy to people and making lives more, just more fun, more, get more done and more sleep. I love that. And speaking of bringing more joy, you had this little comment in your bio that made me laugh. You talked about writing and working in your home in Florida next to a lake. And then you added this little clarification, the, the viewing kind, not the swimming kind, because, you know, alligators. And that just made me laugh. And so I have to ask, do you get these little alligator friends? Do they come visit your house sometimes?
1: Oh, they haven't come up to the house, thank goodness, or we haven't seen them, but they usually travel at night uh, and they travel from one body of water to the next. And if you've ever flown over Florida, you see lots of water. Oh, boy. We have three juveniles in our tiny lake. So we hope they don't grow up without leaving. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So they migrate from lake to lake, and you kind of get they this? They do.
1: They do. Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: Well, I like so it. you might,
1: you know, not have any in your lake, and then all
0: of a sudden, you do. So,
1: wow. Yeah.
0: Okay. So they're all boating and fishing and viewing lakes, no swimming-type lakes.
1: Well, people who grew up in Florida assure me that they've never gotten eaten by an alligator, and they swim, and it's not <laughs> a problem. But I don't believe it. Okay? I don't believe it. <laughs>
0: Well, yes, the people who are telling you this are the survivors, at least, right? <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, that is, is. excellent. Yeah. So you obviously didn't start in Florida. You moved there from someplace else.
1: Right. So just to lived all over. and You know, lived in Albuquerque for a while, working with mission work, taught in the prisons there, and lived in Alaska for a while, lived up in a native village, helped them get all their family records in. Online, just different things that
0: we've Amazing. done. Amazing! And, yeah, and now yeah. you're teaching people how to turn their to do lists over to God. Okay, so I would love to hear your story. You've been in the desert, you've been in the cold, and now you're down by the alligators. So, um, so what what's your story? what What took you to where you are now? So what had happened is I my marriage
1: had ended, my first marriage, awesome. and I still had children at home. had a mother of eight. And I was working in the high tech industry. They were aged at that time of 12 to 23. And so there were quite a few teenagers at home and that takes a lot of work. Just you think all the teenagers, but you're gonna be spending a lot of time with teenagers. And so I also was the sole financial support for that family. And you know, a decent income as an executive in the high tech industry, but we were a family of nine. So, and then I decided Um, I had moved along in the high-tech industry just because of my talent for numbers and computers, but I didn't have a degree. I had just a few, two semesters left, and I would have a degree. So I went back to school. So I'm working full-time, mother of eight, going to school full-time. And I could not get it all done. I just could not (laughs) figure out how to get it all done. And it didn't matter what I did. That seemed to be the thing I shouldn't have done. Like, if I worked on a paper that was due and went to class, there was a sign on the door, classes canceled, professor's sick, we'll see you Friday. Or if I finished working on some reports for a client through the high-tech industry, I that client would say, oh, you know what, we don't need that report. We're completely changing how we're going to do it. Wow. And I'd be like, huh. So I thought, how, how do I know what to do? I don't even know what to do. But I knew who knew. And that was God, because God, right, sees the end from the beginning. He knows what's happening in the future. So that's how it started. I actually started with me just going and saying, see this list? I don't know what's most important. And they're all like important to me. So please just tell me what to do. And that's what I'll work on today. And, and he did. I could sit quietly with the list. And if you know how to hear that spirit, you just sit quietly. I could look at the list and think, no, I don't need to do this. I should do this. And he rearranged my list. Everything would be done. If I focused only on what he said to do, I would be finished by about eight o'clock at night and could just sit down and relax with my family. But before then, I was lucky to get four hours sleep a night. I'd wake up in the middle of the night panic-stricken. What have I left undone? And so I... Couldn't stop doing that because it was what was keeping me sane and making sure everything that needed to be done was done. What's interesting is he started adding a few things like "don't do this, don't do this, don't do this," but I I want you to take some soup to the neighbor, or I'd like you to make this phone call. Mm. (laughs) Eventually, Mm. as my life changed, I I did get that degree. The kids, you know, were growing and leaving the house. I started thinking hmm, I, I, I do believe this is biblical because Christ says in John eight twenty eight or 9, I always have the Father with me because I do always those things that please him. I like, think, how does he do that? And I think it was that. He just asked, what, do you, what should I do today? Like, hmm, you know, walk to Jericho or something. And then, um, I'm saying them a lot, but he, I read the Lord's prayer again. And this line, um, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy will be done on earth the way it is in heaven. I started thinking, well, I think in heaven, do people, the angels come running after God, look, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I can really use your help here, God. Or do they go to God and say, what do you want me to do today? And so my prayer changed from what do I need to do today on that list to what do you want me to do today, God?
0: Wow. Okay. Okay wow, I'm going to have to unravel this for a minute because you've given me a lot of meat and I'm enjoying it and I'm chewing it in my little brain here. But I want to go back to the beginning of where you're in this situation. You're the sole provider, so you're working. You're going to school. You're trying to take care of a family. You're doing all of these things. You are working your tail off and getting very, very little sleep. And then to show up and say, oh, class is canceled or we didn't need this report. I think anyone in that situation would feel so frustrated, like I am working so hard and I feel like my efforts are not being appreciated. Do you realize how hard I'm working on this and how beautiful that you were able to turn that over and ask for divine help to be able to work through that situation rather than just throwing up your hands and saying, I give up. I'm not going to go to school. I'm not going to do da," or, or something like that. But the path that you chose to take and the source that you chose to look for was just beautiful, beautiful. So I applaud you for that. And I would love to go even, so with the current, what you're teaching now, do you write a to-do list and then ask? Or do you do you turn the whole thing over and just say, what would you like me to do? Because it, it sounds like- It has like,
1: evolved over time, because now, of course, I'm old enough to be retired. And But, you know, sometimes we retired people always say, well, I don't know how I ever found time to work. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're helping with the kids and stuff but i do generally go and say you know here here's what i feel like i need to get but i can do remember that i have to do laundry and there's dishes you know that and so but i will just go also and just say what what do you say needs to be done today and it's almost how can i help you he <laughs> helps me so much how can i help you i have found that that has is what brought me to my true purpose. They kind of bumped me around. You know how they tell you to write a 20-year plan? Like, here's your 20-year plan, right? Where do I want to be 20 years from now and 10 years from now?
0: Have you ever done that? Uh, Probably when I was younger, but I don't know. I've done it for a while.
1: Yeah, and so that's what I was doing. I I was kind of looking at that, and his 20-year plan was very different from mine and a whole lot better. I was like, it never occurred to me to write a book. Didn't occur to me to put it on the 20-year plan. Uh, Didn't occur to me to get remarried. There were a whole lot of things that weren't on my 20-year plan that were on God's. So I like to say he gave me the most beautiful, unexpected life I never knew I wanted until I had it.
0: Wow, that's beautiful. So we put together our dreams, and this is what I'd like And then when things don't turn out the way that we expected, we can either be disappointed or hopefully we can come at it like you did and say, but it's so much better.
1: It's interesting because, you know, I'm not the only one who's discovered this. I had a radio show for a while, about 10 years ago. And one of the things I put out there to the people on it was, have you ever done this? I remember a Baptist minister, like popped up his hand. He said, I was ready to just quit. I was burned out. And he said, I started doing that, just asking God each day, what do I have to do? What do you want me to do? And he said the same thing. I was always to finish by eight o'clock at night and I could just relax. And then another woman said, yeah, I was so busy at work. Like, you know, people are laying people off and you're doing two or three jobs. She said, I would just, every couple of hours, I would say, okay, now what do I do? <laughs> now what do I do? So this is, it's, it's um,
0: I'm not the only one who's discovered this. Isn't that wonderful? I love that because then it's more than one witness that this is a true principle, right? Because if something's yes. true, it's going to be true for everybody. And isn't it also wonderful that we don't have to be the person who discovered something in order for it to be a beautiful thing that we can share? So I'm glad that you are sharing. And even sometimes when we have the same idea, like this person has this idea and this person has this idea and this one's sharing and this one's sharing. When you're hearing it, sometimes the way that this person says it resonates with this group of people and the way that this person says it resonates with this group of people. And so by adding our voice, it helps reach more people because what your message is matters. It is so important. I would love for you to teach me the, the nuts and bolts of how are you listening and being able to clearly understand? Because sometimes when I say my prayers or I ask for direction, it feels like I'm not sure if I got an answer or not. I'm I'm not sure what direction, but it feels like you're getting line upon line and you just understand. And that's really cool.
1: I actually, when I was in my early 20s, I heard someone say at church, I know you're supposed to sit down after you pray and wait and listen for God's answer. And I was like, what? (laughs) What? I I never heard. I never thought of that. I think you just prayed and went about your day. And so I went home and I said to God, I don't know how to hear your voice. I need to be taught how to hear your voice. I'm not even sure how you can teach me to hear your voice since I can hear your voice. Right. That seems hard. And what happened is I had three experiences in a week that were very similar. I'll show just one. I was making a big pot of chili. And the thought came, invite the Jones family to dinner. And I thought, it's a Monday. Um, they just came to dinner on Friday. That would just be weird. So I'm not going to do it. And then I'm working away on the pot of chili. And the thought comes again, invite the Jones family to dinner. And I thought again, well, no, because tonight is a night we reserved just for family. We don't have other people in. We don't get involved in sports. That's our night. And the thought came again, invite them to dinner and invite them to stay for your family time. And I thought, oh, we, I keep thinking this thought. Maybe this is God. Because when I usually, when I argue with myself, it's over. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I don't. It doesn't come again. But it kept coming back very gently and consistently. So I did invite them to dinner. And that night they came and we had planned a small lesson on tithing for our children to understand this whole idea of 10%. And as we were presenting the lesson on tithing that Jones wanted, the husband said, Oh, I have to tell you what happened to us. We wanted to start paying tithing because we wanted the blessings promised and we wanted, we paid for a while. And then we got behind, we wanted to catch it up. But he said, my work was pretty inconsistent. We got a big check on Friday. And it was enough to catch up our tithing, but we couldn't buy food. And so we had to decide, are we going to, or we could pay, you know, half our tithing, spend half on food, something like that. You know, they were trying to figure out what to do. And the thought came to them to go ahead and pray to, pay their tithing, and all would be well. So they paid their tithing. And by the time they left church on Sunday, they had had invitations to dinner every night of the week for the next week. And we get another paycheck, except for one night, Monday night. <laughs> Which was like, I'm standing there making this pot of chili. And so I thought, oh, I'm sure that was from God. And this was a blessing from him to me to confirm it was from him. Yeah. And I had two more experiences like that. So I had to think back. What did that feel like? What happened? And each of the times, each of the things that happened was a blessing for someone else. And so that's when I learned we are his hands. Often the way he answers people's prayers, right, is through other people. That's how many of my prayers have been answered. And so he was helping me be part of his work by doing this. So that's how I began to learn to recognize his spirit, to discern it. And one of it is it does come back. The thought keeps coming back. Um, the second is that I have to be quiet. There has to be some quiet around so I can hear it. Journaling helps me. And, of course, reading the scriptures. So often, after I've read and prayed, I will start to write the thoughts I'm having. And at some point, I'll think, oh, wait, this is God. This is, this is him speaking to me.
0: That is beautiful. And I also liked that you asked, I don't know how to hear you, Will you help me understand how I can hear you? And then you acted. And so that's beautiful. And putting those pieces together, that's that's lovely. And sometimes I think there's like a, there are consistencies on the way that we hear God. And I think there are specific uh, individual things. So it can also be, how, how do I hear you?
1: That's the point. I have a friend who, it's in her dream. She's Native American, and she says to her husband, I can't give you an answer yet. I have to dream. After I dream, then I'll tell you. (laughs) Because God speaks to her in her dreams, the way he did maybe to Jacob or to others, right? That is... Joseph. Was it during his... Yeah.
0: Really cool. Okay, that's beautiful. All right. So you're taking your list, and you're asking, and you're paying attention. You're making sure that there's some quiet quiet on the outside and hopefully some quiet on the inside so that you can listen and hear and understand and then you act you act when those promptings come that's that's beautiful and it sounds simple it's a little tricky i think to do especially for that's getting simple. started there's there's a learning curve involved would you say
1: There is, I think it's
0: making a commitment to
1: do it. And here's what I run into. First of all, I don't like to be micromanaged. I wouldn't have ended up an executive if I needed to be micromanaged. (laughs) So I'm like, I feel like God's micromanaging me. But he will sometimes give me big projects and step away. Also, I have found that, I don't know about you, by the time I get up in the morning, I pretty much have my day planned. I'm like ready to hit the floor and get going. So it's best if I do it at night. So before I go to bed, I kind of think about the next day and say, what do you want me to do? Which it's interesting what happens when that happens, because sometimes it'll be call a person. And if I'm doing it at night, I'm like, tonight? No, no, tomorrow afternoon will be fine. Things like that. Or if I've waited and done it in the morning, I'll be like, I know this woman. And because of her medication, she she didn't get out of bed till noon and it's 730. So I'm thinking, I'll say, no, I'll call her at one or something. I've had a couple experiences that I can share with that. So the other thing I think is trusting, but really that God does know. I have had times where I thought, oh, we had a business in which we ship products. We ship them Monday through Friday, not Saturday or Sunday. So by Monday, we had three days worth of orders. That's almost half the week. So Monday was a big day for us to ship. So we're at." Get ready to ship products. And I'm just before we are going about our day, I'm praying. And the answer comes, don't ship today. Look, we have a business. We're shipping. We tell people that we ship and we're shipping. So I went to the post office. It was president's day. Post office was closed. (laughs) So God really does know. You really can listen. Um, It somehow all works out. That's what I've learned. Wow. that woman that I felt like I should call so I've been doing this for 20 years it's not like these things happen every day but it was call her at 1 so I thought okay I'll call her at 1 as I called her at 1 o'clock and you know I probably hadn't talked to her for a couple months she sounded so upset it almost sounded like she was in a big hallway a, an airport or something and I said where are you and she said I'm in the hospital I said, you're in the hospital she goes yes the doctors just told me that my, uh, that our brother um, has brain cancer. He didn't even feel sick. He just all of a sudden lost consciousness and fell. And she said he, and they figured he might live maybe just a couple of months. And I said, well, my gosh, when did this happen? She said five minutes ago. I was like, pardon? When did this happen? She said five minutes ago. And I was just in the hallway thinking I need to talk to someone. I wish I could talk to Margaret. <laughs> and I was like, well, I, so what I want to say during those times, and recently I've started doing it, is let me tell you how much God loves you. Mm-hmm. Even before you prayed that prayer, he told me to call you. So.
0: Wow. And you had had that prompting, that inspiration the night before. but you or were Actually,
1: out. early that morning. I hadn't started doing it at night until I – that was during the – yes, it was early in the morning. I was like, you can call her now. I know she's not up, but, yeah.
0: Hmm. Isn't that lovely? What a beautiful thing you're doing by listening. And I love, I love that when you're doing these things, you know that you are the hands of God and you can feel satisfied and fulfilled like, I did this. Where sometimes we go about our day and if we are are faithful and we want to know, have I pleased God, have I done enough? Have I done enough? And sometimes we feel like no matter what we do, it's not enough because there's so much that needs to be done. And yet, you know, without a shadow of a doubt that what you did was enough. And that I think gives a, a beautiful feeling of peace and satisfaction that, that you are, you're in line with God, that you are, that he's pleased with you. That is enough, that's true.
1: That's true. I did ask him once why he sent me off to do this one task. I was kind of irritated, and I thought, There's like 10,000 people in this area, and I had to get to bed late, and I really like to get enough sleep, so why me? And finally, after actually a couple of years of asking the same question, he said, Because I knew I could trust you to go, Aww. and so that does make me feel like, Oh. God, knows he can count on me, even if I'm a complaining whiner. And I think, well, I know he loves a cheerful
0: giver, and I'm not always <laughs> cheerful. But I do do it, and I'm always cheerful after I do it. I'm so glad you mentioned that, because that makes it more uh, realistic. Because I think we're not always joyful to do things at that moment, or or it feels like, oh, I've got enough to do, or I had another plan, or I had a, something else. And I like that you said that, it, that these types of things— don't happen every day because someone who's applying this or giving it a shot might think, "Well, Mark, you get all these really cool stories. Where's my cool stories? I did nothing exciting today, or you know, yesterday, or the day before." That that when you're when you're sharing the things, the things that pop out are those exciting times. Thank but there's you. a whole lot of of just living in between, and, right. and it's okay that we don't have to be perfect. It's okay that we don't have to feel all the feels all the time. You just keep moving. You just keep moving. So well put. Well I said. love that. Yes. Yep. Wow. Okay. So, man, I'm I'm excited to put stuff into practice, and I'm a little bit scared.
1: You'll love it. You'll actually love it. Right. I don't know about you, but I keep wanting to add projects, and I often think, you know, <laughs> you're going to have enough to do. Don't add new projects. You know, like. And and so I get to do the best. I get to do the best. There's always good things to do. I know what I was thinking about church dinners. Have you ever been to a church dinner? Mm-hmm. And you help set up. You help ta- helps take down. And after it's over, there's all this cleanup to do: vacuuming, trash, some dishes, putting food away. Right, the whole thing. Right. Right. And you just there's like it feels like what you just said. There's just so much to do. So you pick one thing, you go do it. And when you come out to find something else to do, it's all done because somebody else did something else. So that's what I have to remind myself. This is is my thing. This is this message. This is my note to sing. You you have a bell chorus. have my one note. This is it. Give your to-do list to God. That's my note. You have a note. I have a note. That's my note.
0: Wow. Okay. I love that. Well, let's talk about that a little bit more, that idea of service, and that there's so much that needs to be done. And there are people, myself included, who feel like, well, I should be doing it all, right? I mean, is, should there be anything that is good that is done that I didn't take part in? I almost feel guilty. I've come a long way um, from from that place, but I still have a, a great desire. In the movie Encanto, which maybe you've seen, there's a character who says this incredible line. She says, um, I'm pretty sure I'm worthless if I can't be of service, and 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 I've heard people comment on that and said, "Oh my gosh, that's me," "Oh my gosh, that's me," where it feels like um, the service is is what defines our self worth for for some of us, and to be able to know that what we do is enough, and to know that even in those moments when we're not doing anything, that we're still enough is i think a very important important message to be able to share
1: right and it's you know god took the seventh day off and rested we get to rest sometimes right and i remember one day i wanted to make a list that god would like and not have to change so i had service (laughs) on it and all these things right and i take it to him in the morning here's my list and he said oh hmm, that's a good list I said, oh, thank you. <laughs> and he said, would you mind Would you, would you you mind changing it? Is it going to be a problem? And I thought, no, I'll, I'll change it. And I, at that time, had learned to do massage therapy. And my husband's a hard worker. And he said, I want you to take a few hours this afternoon and give your husband a really good massage. Mm-hmm. Just take care of him. He knows our families. Sometimes it's take care of your family. And take care of you.
0: Wow. And those things count, even though they're not blasted on a billboard anywhere, that these things are quiet and they are day to day and they matter. So as we talk about relationships, um, you mentioned that there's a prayer that can help improve almost any relationship. What do you ask for? This is the prayer
1: and god gave me the prayer to pray when i had a 15 year old son who was the most obnoxious arrogant (laughs) demanding (laughs) critical i was like you know i love him because he's my son but i don't like him much and god said here's what i want you to pray pray to see him as i do and i say pray this all the time but you've prayed it so i prayed that prayer for my son and a few, de- a few days later, really it really was only a few days, I'm over at my mom's house, and this is before all the internet stuff, and she has a pile of women's magazines next to her couch, and I'm flipping through them. And I come across, like, Good Housekeeping, there's a story about um, a young boy who had accused a favorite coach of, of abuse. And the school was all against him. there were signs all over the town and stuff. And I thought, Whoo, oh, I'm going to read that because that, something like that just happened in our town. And as I read it, I realized it was about our town. And he said, I, he said, I was so depressed I was suicidal because no one seemed to believe me. But on the bed stand next to him, he had framed a note, like a petition, that only had four or five names on it. And it basically said, we believe you. Where we support you. And I remembered, as I've read that line, I remember, because I remember this whole thing happening, that my 15 year old son had gone to school. He, as he was getting out of the car, I was dropping him off. He said, Mom, um, this kid is being so beat up at school. I've put together a a petition for people to sign. He said, I'm going to have all the students who believe him sign this petition. And then, When I picked him up that afternoon, he was upset. I said, what happened with the note? He said, the principal said we we couldn't pass it around. He said he didn't want anything more being said about this in the school. He just needed to leave it alone. So he said, I and a few of my friends signed it and gave it to the boy. And so as I read that article, I thought, this is who God sees.
0: This is who God sees. Wow. That is beautiful. And that makes all the difference. Wow. Well, thank you. That's
1: kind of an amazing story, but sometimes it's not quite like that. Sometimes I'll just be having a conversation with someone and uh, it completely changes how I see them. Just they say certain things or I see them doing something. Just praying that prayer, help me to see this person as God does. It has strengthened my marriage. Sometimes when my husband and I are praying, if we have been sort of at odds with each other, not getting along as well as usual, or even just distant, we'll begin to pray that prayer and always come closer.
0: That is amazing. And isn't it interesting that this is not about magically sending this miracle to change the other person into what we wanted them to be. It it actually doesn't have anything to do with the other person. It has everything to do with how we see the other person. And that changes things. It changes how we feel. And it can also change the way that they behave. But but the primary thing is it changes how we feel, how we show up. So that is perfect, amazing. So quick. So quick
1: to pick up on that. It's true. It doesn't, the other person never changes. It's you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sometimes that's frustrating. You think, why am I always the one that has to change? And it's because <laughs> I'm the one that I'm in charge of. I, I'm the only one that I can change. So if I want anything to change, i, I got to look right here. So if I'm satisfied with everything, then no worries. But if I want a change to take place, I, I'm the one that I have the power to change. So,
1: Linda, could I insert this? Because I just feel, feel this prompting that There's someone listening today who might be in a situation of abuse. And um, what they hope to you will hear from God is you need to go you need to be safe that to pray that prayer in a situation where you're not safe might the way he might help you see it is as much as I love this abuser and God does you need to be safe
0: thank you Ah, it brings tears to my eyes because I feel that what you're saying is true I mean, not only that the situation is true, but that that needed to be said at this time. So I really appreciate you speaking up and making that point. Because again, as we are talking about, we are the only person we can change. Part of that change might mean standing up for ourselves. Part of that change might be leaving. So those are things still within my power, Because I cannot change the way that the other person behaves, but I can change what I will accept, what I will put up with. And there are things like an obnoxious teenager that you just put up with, and there are things where it's time to leave. And that is a distinction and very important. So thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. And thank you for all the things that you've you've taught and reminded me of, things that I know but I don't always do everything that I know. I am still a work in progress. So I appreciate that you've given me some things to work on today. And thank you for visiting with me today.
1: Thank you, Linda. Thanks for having me.
0: It's been a pleasure. In closing, I'd like to share a quote from Erin Elise. She said, We try to fit God into our schedules, but He actually wants to be part of everything we do. Stop trying to fit Him in and start making Him the center of all that you do. Today, I invite you to reevaluate your relationship with your to do list and your relationship with God and see if it's time for an adjustment or perhaps a major overhaul. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks, free audiobooks, and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller, You Got This. An action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.